Last November, the government of Canada passed Bill C-17, also known as Vanessa's Law. It aims to improve drug safety by strengthening oversight and reporting of adverse drug reactions. Health Canada has recently issued a call for a public consultation on the implementation of Vanessa's Law. However, documentation of serious drug reactions is still suboptimal. So how can drugs be made safer if there is no proper system in place to track these bad reactions? I'm Dr. Kirsten Patrick, Deputy Editor for CMAJ, and today we are speaking with Dr. Corinne Hall, Associate Professor in UBC's Department of Emergency Medicine and a scientist at the Centre for Clinical Epidemiology and Evaluation. In a commentary Dr. Hall co-authored, she takes a closer look at adverse drug reaction reporting. Hello, Dr. Hall. Hi there. Thanks for joining us today. So what does Vanessa's Law mandate? Vanessa's Law really aims to improve drug safety in Canada. And what it does is it really aims to improve the safety oversight of therapeutic products. So it gives more powers to the minister or to Health Canada for that oversight. It allows Health Canada to mandate the release of information, including confidential business information, whenever they believe that a product may represent a safety risk to humans. The other thing that it does is it mandates the reporting of serious adverse drug reactions, and it attempts to increase the transparency of the whole drug oversight process. So how are adverse drug reactions currently reported? The main way in which adverse drug reactions are currently reported is through online reporting platforms. One of the main ones in Canada is the Canada Vigilance platform that can be accessed on government websites. And what a healthcare provider would do is they would log on to the website and subsequently a form would pop up that can be electronically filled in. And that form would contain information like the patient's age, the reporter identification. It would request information on the drug that is suspected to be causing the adverse reaction. The healthcare provider would have to enter information on all the other drugs the patient is taking, the patient's medical conditions, and what happened to the patient. So that's the main way in which Health Canada receives reports. They do also receive paper-based reports, so simply forms that are filled in in paper about suspected adverse drug reactions. And fewer reactions are also reported just by email or by phone. But those are the main ways in which they're reported in Canada. And I think one of the main concerns that we have is that very few of even serious adverse drug reactions are reported. The estimates suggest that less than 5% are reported. And uh, based on the prospective data that we have, we think that that number is probably actually an overestimate. It sounds like an onerous process. I think you're exactly right. In our work with clinicians, we've tried to explore why clinicians don't report. And it's, it's quite simply that whenever patients are suffering from serious adverse reactions, the other night I had a, a near-fatal hemoptysis and the patient was on dibigatran, you're so concerned with looking after the patient and stabilizing the patient, that reporting is really at best an afterthought. And so when patients are coming in with serious reactions, the last thing that you're thinking about is now logging on to an external website that is not at all connected with an EMR 
or any information system that you can use to provide care. And the, the length of the form is really quite prohibitive. So to actually complete the full form in all detail, it may take 20 or 30 minutes. And in an acute care environment, even in a primary care environment, healthcare providers simply don't have the time to complete that information. That makes a lot of sense. So you would be thinking that something at least that popped up in the EMR would be a step in the right direction. Absolutely. That's that's exactly where our work is going. So we've done extensive sort of engagement with various different types of clinician groups, pharmacists, physicians, both in hospital and in community settings. And what they express really makes quite a lot of sense. So when clinicians are providing care for patients, their duty is to the patient in front of them. And they are very interested in doing everything that they can to keep that patient safe. But in the context of clinical care, they're not thinking about drug safety and generating drug safety, uh, generating data for drug safety. And so what we found in our engagement with them is we can actually motivate reporting if we now integrate ADR reporting into electronic systems that they are already accessing, if we can shorten reporting time by importing information that's already available within electronic systems like age, concomitant conditions, concomitant medications, and if we can now allow providers to report in such a way that it's actually adapted to their workflow. So it's not disruptive, it's adaptive. And what we then can do is we can use that report that is linked to the patient's record to generate personalized automated reports. So one example would be if, for example, Vanessa Young had presented to an emergency department prior to her death and had had an ECG done that had shown a long QT syndrome, then using the new reporting methods that we're designing, a healthcare provider would have been able to enter long QT syndrome as a high-risk medical condition into a database like Pharmanet the province's medication dispensing database. And in our vision, what that would then subsequently generate is an automated hard stop whenever a healthcare provider attempted to re-prescribe or re-dispense a drug that would exacerbate the long QT. So you've taken us back to talking about Bill C-17. For Bill C-17 to be useful, we have to change the way we do adverse event reporting. That is certainly what I believe and what my team believes. We have to redesign and rethink how and why we ask clinicians to report. Otherwise, it's unlikely that we can motivate clinicians to take time to actually report ADRs for the sole purpose of generating better data for surveillance and research because clinicians aren't motivated to report for those reasons or not nearly as motivated to report for those reasons than if we can help them provide safer care. By rethinking the way we get them to report and using those reports to help them improve the safety of the care they provide. Now, when you're looking at designing software and programs like this, do you have a cutoff level of seriousness of an adverse event or can you look at adverse events in the entire spectrum? That's an excellent question. Right now, the bill mandates the reporting of serious adverse drug reactions, so that includes adverse reactions that lead to hospitalization, 
that prolong hospitalization, that lead to congenital malformation, that are near fatal or fatal. And the interesting thing is that doesn't include reactions that might not require hospitalization that could be very, very relevant for patient safety. So one example is therapeutic drug failures from, for example, the newer anticoagulants. We're basically managing outpatient anticoagulation programs through emergency departments or specific hospital-based clinics, and that allows us to no longer hospitalize patients who suffer from adverse reactions that I would certainly call serious, like thromboembolic complications. And we know that DVT-PE can be complications of various treatments. Um, and so because the bill only mandates right now the reporting of serious adverse drug reactions, which would include hospitalized patients or patients with prolonged hospitalizations, patients that were managed for thromboembolic complications through outpatient programs would no longer have to have their ADRs reported. I see that Health Canada is looking for feedback on how to implement Vanessa's law, and I wonder what advice you would give them. So the the advice I would give is I think we need to rethink how and why we are asking clinicians to report. I think we need to make ADR reporting relevant to clinicians and clinical care. So that means that we make ADR reporting relevant to patient safety, relevant to the clinician's duty of care to the patient in front of them, so that we try and allow physicians to report patient-level, medication-level ADR reports that can subsequently be linked back to electronic records to generate prescribing alerts. That will help the clinician deliver safer care, and that will motivate clinicians to report. The other thing that we absolutely need to do is we need to make the reporting forms much simpler and we need to make them much briefer. So we need to take advantage of electronic information that is already available within linked electronic databases so that we the information request is much less from busy clinicians. And I think the other thing that we need to do is we actually need to go back and look at the workflow of how clinicians work and how ADEs and ADRs are diagnosed. So one of the things that we've realized in our qualitative work is that ADRs are often not confirmed at one point of care. An example is a patient who comes into the emergency department with bad diarrhea who's recently been on antibiotics. We will often suspect C. diff colitis, but we will not confirm the diagnosis until several days later. Right now, the ADR reporting platforms, they assume that all the information can be entered by one healthcare professional at one point in time. And what we need to do with electronic systems is build systems that allow multiple care providers to complete information that was not previously available to generate a more complete, accurate report. Those things sound like they would be fantastic advances. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Hall. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. That was Dr. Corinne Hall, Associate Professor in UBC's Department of Emergency Medicine and a scientist at the Center for Clinical Epidemiology and Evaluation. To read the commentary she co-authored, visit cmaj.ca.